Hey everybody, welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast, episode 112, even though Neil and I have been debating whether or not we should give the number out beforehand, but I already did it, Neil, so I guess this is 112. Yeah, you did it, yeah. How you doing? I'm doing alright, how are you doing today? Is it so hot up there? It is. I'm, matter of fact, I'm so glad that you can't see me, that we're not using the cameras, because I'm literally laying on my bed wearing nothing but Henry Rollins-style shorts with my <laughs> microphone perilously balanced on my belly, my that's, new microphone. That's disgraceful, Tom. And I'm really glad our guests can't see it, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm actually super excited for our guest today. So, of course, you can reach us at our normal spots, Punk Till I Die uh, 77 at Gmail, Punk Till I Die Podcast on Facebook. But we have, uh, you know, Neil and I, we often like the same music, but occasionally we love the same music. And we're both really thrilled about this, the record that this young lady put out this year. So we are very pleased to have with us Susie Moon. Hi, Susie. How are you? Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. You're no, welcome. It's a pleasure. Pleasure. It is. Matter of fact, Neil, is this, I believe this is two women in a row we've had. As as guests, yes, it is. I believe. Brown. Wow. Yeah. We're getting too progressive <laughs> for our own good, Neil, I think. <laughs> yeah. But no, actually, we're, and, and it's funny, you know, I, I reviewed Susie's record and I said, I don't really know who this is. I kind of missed, I kind of missed her the first time, but now I'm like, man, I'm trying to make up for lost time. So let's yeah. make up for some lost time, Susie. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I, your review was stellar, and sometimes people don't fucking get it at all, you know? Mm. And I feel like something that happens a lot to women rock and rollers um, is they, they only get compared to the same four other women yeah. in punk rock, you know? And it's like, to me, that's really fucking lazy journalism. Um, you know, do I really sound like Joan Jett, or is like that that the only thing you can like think of today? <laughs> well, you, like, you have you have dark hair. That's about it, right? I mean, it's true. Seriously. Well, it's, it, it's always tricky when you're writing about something like like say you're reviewing the rare punk band that has a black singer, and it's the same thing. It's like, oh, dude, I can't compare him to you know. So I get the I get the it, it is it is tricky sometimes, and yeah. uh, and I think the Joan Jett thing for you, it's going to be inevitable to a certain extent. I but know. you know what? There's a lot worse legacies, right? It's true. I mean, there's a lot worse. <laughs> I mean, it's always a compliment, but, you know, as an artist, somebody who loves music, you know, when when I didn't grow up listening to Joan Jett, you know, like her image has always been around, you know, but I I don't I still to this day don't own a Joan Jett record. Um, Interesting. And it's not it's not a huge influence for me. You know, we we coexist in the same fucking universe, you know, Sure. But to be compared to someone that has literally, like, no musical influence on me. Um, but, you know, I love MC5 and the fucking Cramps and mm. Iggy. It's like it's like people just assume that because you're a woman, it's got to be Bikini Kill, Joan Jett, The Distillers, or Courtney Love. Like, that's it. it we were joking. <laughs> um, my boyfriend and I were joking. And our drummer was over rehearsing the other night. We're like, why don't we make, like, one of those little spin-a-wheel things? You know, and you just spin it and whatever arrow it lands on, like, that's the female musician you sound like, yep. you know, do and a cover. It's, yeah. It's to, you know, quote unquote, women in music that we only get compared to other female artists when there are so many just across the board, different types of songwriters and players out there that, you know, the thread, the quilt of your life, you know, there's so much more to it than that. So, um. Yeah, I'll fucking like. Bull you start. You start yeah. singing when you were. You start singing when you were very young. I mean, you start playing the band very young. I mean, yeah. who, who did you want to be? Did you want to be Iggy? I mean, did you want to be? I mean, if you was there a person you had in mind, Bowie, Iggy? Was there, uh, or was it just, or not very, like one like, single person? 
yeah, very early on, I was exposed really only to the Cramps and Dwayne Peters. I mean, I still want to be Dwayne Peters when I grow up, minus the drug stuff and the weird right wing uh, stuff. (laughs) His ranting, Uh, yeah. You know, but what an incredible performer, you know? Like, have you guys ever seen him live? I never have. Yeah, I I have, and also being a very old skateboarder like him. um, I I mean, I go back to the skateboarding days to like 78, 79 with him as the master of disaster. So, yeah, I mean, that guy's been a nutcase forever. You know, yeah, I love that shit. Um, and I saw him a lot because we were signed to his label. Like, I didn't know who he was when I was 15 mm-hmm. and we signed his label. You know, just all of a sudden that was a part of my life was this guy Dwayne that we worked with. But I got to see him and we, when he was still with Corey Parks, too. And the two of them, like, if you could fuse those two together, and then, like, I wanted to be like that, you know, the mm. fucking the way she dressed, but the way he was, mm-hmm. you know, one of those people that's like fucking free on stage. You know, there's like the freedom that comes with watching them where they just they don't give a fuck. Um, and I could never take my eyes off him. I just thought that confidence was like the coolest thing ever. But, you know, I was what I was like 10 years old. In 2000, so I saw the Spice Girls and I saw Britney, Britney Spears and Hanson, like pop pop music and pop performance. You know, I mean, those people work really fucking hard. The music might not be as deep, but the people behind those songs, those are songwriters and those are incredible songs, too. You know, and I think you're allowed to be, you know, to pull your influence from all different kinds of things. At that age, that's the stuff that was popular. You know, when I was a fucking kid, um, Limp Biscuit was huge, you know, (laughs) and um, that just that's just just the era I happened to grow up in, you know. And so if it wasn't for my sister, I probably wouldn't have been exposed to the harder punk stuff. But I got thrown right into that. And it was like, okay, let's fucking go. Like, I'm done cheerleading. Uh, (laughs) I want on my face and fuck up my hair and rat it out with my comb and like scare people hey, you know i'll tell i'll tell you this i'll tell you this i think uh, the spice girls probably have done more for feminism than the screaming females ever will so uh oh, you know there you go maybe no seriously i mean this you know this, yeah my daughter loved the spice girls when she was little yeah. so you know I, I kind of grew to appreciate them too after watching that damn movie like a thousand times ah. <laughs> i saw that movie in theater like five times yep yep uh, I, of course, Ginger Spice was my favorite, you know, the sassy one. Um, <laughs> but they were all incredible. And yeah, that was something that I was exposed to very early on was that girl power. Right, thing, exactly. You yeah. know? And it didn't have to be punk rock. It was just seeing that there were groups of women out there that were friends and that were going after their dream and were the biggest thing in the world, you know. So um, that had that had a big effect on me, but also Texas Terry. I mean, you guys know Texas Terry Bomb. Yep. Sure yeah. 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 Um, she called me like her 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 little sister, because we played a lot of shows together in Orange County, and I was you know young, but I had bright red hair. Also, not because of Terry, but I discovered red hair, and then we started playing together. And she's like, "You're my little sister." I'm like, you're the fucking coolest person. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I just want to hang around you. Like. She was really cool. But I don't think most 15-year-olds get exposed to that, like, stuff, you know? So you were, so you mentioned your sister, obviously. So, yeah. so to pick up on that thread, so your sister was in the band. 
I I want to say it wrong every time, right? So it's civet. 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 Like Chevette. That's right. Civet. Civet. Yeah. Yeah. So, so your sister started playing a band when she was a, a teenager, also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's how you got. And and eventually you ended up in the band with her. I did. Yeah. She actually started the band herself when she was fifteen. Oh, okay. Uh, growing up in Long Beach, the the high school that we both went to, but we're five years apart in age. Okay. Uh, when she was going to school, there were a bunch of punk bands. Like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Clip 45. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that was, like, the rival cool guy band, right, at her high school. Really? And she okay. was like, fuck this. Like, I'm going to start an all-girl band because these guys think they're hot shit. You know? But they, they were all friends. But it was, like, this, like, no, I can fucking do it, too attitude. You know? My sister was just the coolest person. She, I still, you know, talk to her every single day and admire her so much. But I remember, you know, dropping her off at school in the morning and she'd be wearing these giant vintage gowns and like her hair was like all ratted up and she had dark eye makeup on and covered in rhinestones and she would go to high school like that like a demented punk rock princess you know (laughs) that's amazing yeah and i wanted to be her more than anything in the whole fucking world so we we were really close you know my mom made it a point for her to like you know spend time with me and she would take me to shows take me to backyard shows fucking punk shows at little houses all kinds of things you know that like I, I wouldn't have known how to get into that she just she ushered me in before I even had a chance you know to really discover it for myself it was like no this is just what we do <laughs> and um, and yeah uh, hanging out you know all the time with her and her her friends they used to rehearse Savette used to rehearse in the uh, living room of our house in Long Beach and we'd have parties there and stuff. And one day she just gave me a guitar and was like, you need to do this with me. I need a teammate. And I sucked really bad, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't really have the thing, um, like that natural ability. But then I realized, like a few months later, like when I, I got really pissed off at guitar, that, you know, when I air guitar, I do it the opposite direction, left-handed. Mm. Like, dude, I think maybe I can't play this right-handed guitar. I guess, well, I'm left-handed, right? Isn't that a thing? And she's like, oh, yeah. And she, like, strung it upside down for me. And, like, the gates open, you know? Jimi, Jimi Hendrix style, huh? Yeah, yeah. I just wasn't as bad as I thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I'll tell you. So, what, so what years were you active in that band, then? Um. Yeah, I guess 2006. 2005 to about 2011 and um, you guys what what was Dwayne's labeled I know we've had other because what was that because like Smog Town put out records on disaster disaster okay that's, yeah. that's right yeah. yeah and you guys also had records on Hellcat or something right a bigger yeah. label that came yeah. afterwards you know just I don't know if manifesting is even what you could call it when you didn't know what ma- manifesting was you know but I kind of just had this like hair up my ass that like everything was possible. And I used to email people just, I'd find their email addresses online and I just send them messages. Hey, my name is Susie. I'm in this band. Pay attention to me. And Mm. I started writing Chris LaSalle who worked really closely with Tim Armstrong, you know, Hey, I'm in this band, Savette. Hey, I'm in this band, Savette. Hi, blah, 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 blah. You know, like just, I wasn't afraid to do that stuff when I was that age. Um, I guess you just, Mm. you don't like the pride, you know, like, sure. Yeah. And, um, 
um, yeah, I just I met this girl who, you know, happened to be Tim's personal assistant at that time. I met her at a random ass bowling party. And I've kind of always been like the social person. You know, my sister, she 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 pulls back. She's got the more mysterious front woman thing going on. And I'm like, I want to be friends with every fucking single person like i i love talking to people and meeting new people and that's actually been it's put me in a lot of interesting situations over the years where you know you're not really asking for anything but because you know that connection and punk rock you people you do want to help each other i want to help people people want to help me you know what i mean we we definitely yeah Yeah. you know i never liked the competition thing either I mean, it's like not like anybody's getting rich. You know, it's like, let's all be decent to one another, right? Let's all be friends. Right? Like, if I can help you find an amp when you don't have one or, you know, you borrow this thing or whatever. And you're like, you know, I've had so many, so many friends that um, have been introduced to me through other people, you know, because sometimes you need help. You can't do it all by yourself. And um, yeah, when we signed with Hellcat, you know, things just really took off. That was a really great label for us. Uh, We kind of hit it at the end of that heyday, you know, of like that label. Yeah, because they kind of shut down. They kind of shut down for a while. And now I think they're doing things again. But I know they kind of, I think, went to sleep for a little bit, that label. Yeah. It's not quite the same now. You know, that was still like the end of like, oh, there's a budget, you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Whereas everybody kind of does their own thing now and then turns it in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So okay, so I tell you what, why don't we play a song? Why don't we play a Savette song? Mm-hmm. And let's. What did we decide? I can't remember. What did we decide, Neil? Tom, what you you, had, you, you you had one and, and I had one. So why don't you? Well, you play the one you were gonna play. It's fine because I'm sure you already got that one ready to go. Okay. Um. Yeah. So this is Savette with uh, I think it was the last track <laughs> off the last album. I think right, Love and War. Yeah. Uh, so that is you get what you pay for. Yeah. So this is the song you get what you pay for by Savette. Yeah. Go, go, go. 
by Savette great song there um was the because okay in the video there's a there's a dude playing guitar I believe in that right so it wasn't always an all-girl band and a dude playing drums oh there was oh didn't notice yeah yeah so that was that was the last and final Savette video last and final kind of Savette thing that was right before I quit the band um because up until that point we had always been an all-girl band um and even the recording for love and war that was all all women who recorded that and it was our what i think was our best lineup ever which is with um jackie valentine and roxy darling and my sister and me which we recorded in 2010 um and which was fucking just so gnarly because we had we we did so well the summer of 2010. We toured with Dropkick. We did headli- a bunch of headlining stuff in Europe uh, that like were packed. It it felt like we were doing great, right? Mm-hmm. And then we came on that tour, and it was before Love and War was going to come out. Love and War would have been coming out February 2011. So the record was done, but it wasn't out yet, right? And then we accepted this tour opening for Nashville Pussy mm. in october uh in canada and that tour was fucking cursed like everything that could go wrong went wrong the van broke down on the way out to detroit for the first show you know before we crossed over into canada uh we weren't getting paid enough we didn't have enough food to eat it was either eat sleep in the van or don't eat and sleep in a hotel you know and at that point like we should have been doing better somewhere somehow business stuff wasn't being handled correctly mm. because we should have been getting paid more to do that tour or we shouldn't have fucking done that tour and i think right. it's really important as a band to know when to say no to something because something can really a tour like that can really fuck you you know you don't have to say sure. yes to everything you need to say what's you need to say yes to what's right for you and what makes sense but that tour killed the band and uh, we were in vancouver it was just awful um tension was high nobody was really getting along we just come off of like the most rock star summer tour you know 
to come back and play this sh- this shit like it was just it was awful and in uh Vancouver we finished our set and like two hours later it was like where's Roxy and Jackie where did they go mm. and the note in the van and they just left they just went to the airport and left my sister and I it's the Betty Blowtorch story. Neil. Yeah, it is. It sounds just like Betty Blowtorch. That yeah, <laughs> that would happen. Yeah, exactly the yeah. same. Wow, <laughs> exactly the same. Yeah, I don't understand that. Um, they left all their gear with us, and we had two weeks left of shows. Mm. So, my sister and I we drove to Seattle, which thankfully my grandma was still alive and had a home in Seattle. So we kind of like hunkered down there for a couple of days and called. This guy, Nate, from L.A. that we were friends with, and this girl, Amy, that we were friends with, but we'd never played with them before, right? And they show up, and we do one day, like, 12 hours worth of rehearsals, and then get back on the road to finish mm. the wow. And it was so awful, you guys. <laughs> at least you got a couple of home-cooked meals at Grandma's house, Yeah, right? you did. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, we did. But honestly, I think I was emotionally eating, like, by that point. It was just... <laughs> just sad and fucking stuffing my face with everything at grandma's house it was like life hurts <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're supposed to be making money goddammit. we're stars yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and even though it was really nice of those two people to come up and do the tour with us we sounded like shit you know mm. you can't you can't fake that connection with people you know they're not actually invested in the band and they're not professional fill-in people either they're friends who did us a favor by showing sure. up to do this, but it's not the band that I joined. And to be playing those songs after doing so well for so many years and to just sound like such a shit version, it was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just fucking getting blackout drunk every night and ignoring everybody and trying to just get on with it, you know. But um, after getting really fucked up in Sacramento, we were almost back to L.A., right? There was, like, one more show. I just woke up in the van, and Liza was driving straight home and passing, like, the next gig. And she's like, we're done. We're just, we're done. And I'm like, oh, my God, thank God. I can't do it anymore. I need, I need to go home, you know? And um, we talked about it. We, we took some time off. We talked about it. We had the new record that was coming out. Love and War was set to come out in a few months, right? And I was like, why don't we, like, let's, like, not just put in, like, new chicks in the band and call it the same band when it's not the same fucking band anymore, Liza. And this is this is bullshit. I'm sick of living this lie. You know, you can't just put in new people and pretend like it's, like, oh, we're all family. You know, it's it's stupid. And I was like, what if we just get some guys who hit really hard and will back us up and, you know, have fun, change the dynamic, try to have a good time. You know, and we did that. And, um, well, my sister ended up marrying our drummer. Ah. <laughs> yep. And now I have two nephews. And <laughs> it's actually it's actually kind of the fucking coolest thing ever, because if none of that had happened, like we wouldn't have called guys in and she wouldn't have married him, you know, and like been living this new chapter of her life that is like fucking awesome and exactly mm. what you wanted you know and it's just really weird how you know that turned out that way we did one tour together um in europe with roger murray and the disasters but i was just done after that point you know it wasn't the band i wanted to be in anymore and considering that i i didn't 
finish high school. Like I graduated early, so I didn't do any high school stuff. And my whole teenage experience was touring, you know, and not really doing anything normal. <laughs> I decided that I needed to see if I like was a functioning member of society and I needed to get like my own apartment and get away from everyone that I knew in music and just do something else something else creative you know because I am a creative I knew that but I didn't really know what else I was good at so I went to film school for a little while and quit the vet and uh, that actually led me back to music funnily enough does, you, does your sister still play music or is she like a like a not Susie Homewrecker or Susie Homemaker at this point Susie Homemaker I love it yes <laughs> Yeah, all moms are superheroes, right? No, I, I don't disagree. Much shit. Um, she's, she, I'm really proud of her. She's doing exactly what she wants to be doing. She is doing stuff that helps the world. Um, I, I'm, I promised her I would always just never really say too much about where she is or what she's up to. Okay. Fair um, enough, fair but enough. She's really happy, and we talk every single day. You know? That's good. There you go. That's awesome. You can't get so, so that. So that obviously, so so it, so you went to film school, mm-hmm. and then at at some point you kind of so you got your, your so you took a break kind of. Well, so hold, you, hold on, Tom. Tom, feel, Tom. Oh, sorry. Should we oh. play? Should we play another Savette song? Because yeah. it seems it seems like that's kind of done. So maybe we should play okay, the song. Okay, I was gonna huh? say I was I was gonna try to get into the next band, Neil, but that's good too. Let's do that. That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> no, it's all good. Like we we don't have a script, you know. We just roll. I like that. Exactly, <laughs> and you are you are you are very forthcoming, so it's super easy. We just sit here, yep, and s- just sit here and sweat. <laughs> so, all right. So, so what was? What, what, it I was had one. This oh, one was your oh, choice. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah, come, yep, come on. I want to be your girl because I love the Stooges, the little Stooges riff. Okay, now which album is which album is that off? I think it's off Love and War. Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I want to be your girl. Yes, it's the full track. Okay, cool. Okay. okay, so uh, you'll definitely recognize the riff a little bit, one part of the riff. So it's yeah. cool. Yep. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Savette with "Come on, I want to be your girl."
right, Savette there with uh, Come On, Wanna Be Your Girl. I'm sorry, Tom, I interrupted you. I just didn't want no, no, to. No, no, I was just going to say, so you, went, so you went to film school and you kind of wa- stepped away from music a little bit. And that probably helped sort of help get your desire yeah. back, right, if you will? Kind of. It was almost like, again, like I just, I never really feel like I went out looking for it. It kind of just found me, you know? Um especially with how I got into music in the first place. Um, but actually Danny Harrower, um, Her- well, she went by heroin in the band. She, um, she was an old civet drummer who played on hell hath no fury. Mm. Actually, that's a lie. Josh Freese played on hell hath no fury, but, um, that's supposed to be a secret. <laughs> I say, what, what, uh, what band hasn't he played on? I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's remarkable. Um, but she was in the band at that time. Okay. Uh, she called me up one day and was like, hey, do you want a job at this restaurant? Do you want to be a server at this restaurant in downtown L.A.? And I was like, fuck yeah, I do. Um, give me the money. And so I started working in this place called The Redwood in downtown Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About, yeah, about 2014, um, when I started, 2013, 2014, when I started working there. And I had no idea that they did live music, like, every single fucking night. Um <laughs> So it wasn't long before I started running into people I knew from Civet and just seeing bands, you know, and being exposed to that all over again. Um, I got jealous really quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, I know how to do this. I used to do this. I can still do this. (laughs) Like, um, and so I I picked up my guitar for the first time in like, what, three, two, three years? I don't know. And I finally started writing again. Um, and that's where I kind of met, like, you know, all the all the guys that helped me get Turbulent Hearts started, people to record demos and stuff with. Um, I worked there for almost five years. And mm. just really, uh, that was such a big part of Turbulent Hearts. Um, we were, like, you know, a part of the Redwood I even have a song called Redwood Nights, you know? Yeah, I saw that video today, as a matter of fact, yeah. Thank you, which is actually, the the film school stuff came in handy because I ended up just directing and editing all my own videos, Mm. you know? Um, Because why not? Like, why spend money on shit like that when... That was the best thing about film school. I didn't really like how, like, Hollywood is, like, super vanilla. It's all got to be the same story, but, like, wrapped in a different outfit. Um, mm. I was like, let's do art stuff. Let's be dirty and weird and show boobs and stuff. <laughs> this class is boring. <laughs> um, so yeah, I ended up, uh, you know, I was like, well, shit. Okay, I'm gonna make this band and I'm gonna do a video for this band and then I'm gonna turn it in at school and see I'm winning like two times, um, which is what I started doing and uh, that's where I practiced my editing skills was really on music videos and stuff. So like Panic. You know, I directed and edited that, and there's one mm. called Sailor and Never Getting Over You, and then Redwood Nights, and then there's some B-side songs that came out last year that I did both the videos for in quarantine. You know, um, well, yeah, I'm it, all about it, DIY. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's interesting because when I look at the Turbulent Hearts um, page on Discogs. Um, yeah. it's, it's all, there's, there isn't that much and it's all over the place. So I don't know, is that, is it complete? Or I mean, did, did you do, did you guys do a real album or, cause all they have is a yeah. compilation and I don't know if that's correct or not. Uh, yeah. So what we did was we only released three EPs, five songs each, and then one like double-sided single, you know, um, 
there was a label in England called Head Check Records that approached me in 2017 and they wanted to re-release the three EPs as one package, mm-hmm. which I called a three P. <laughs> and um, so they did that and they they made CDs and they got us over to England for the first time, which was really cool. And then they they pressed a vinyl for us with with two songs as well. So there was never an actual full length, but technically the three the three EPs, they do make an album together sure it's yeah, kind of weird. like we're like the least likely to have a greatest hits record but it's like <laughs> it's just you know it's like here's the 15 the 15 fucking tunes you know and um when we did the the vinyl with head check records we had gone in to to do an, a fourth ep so we had four songs um but they didn't fit really together you know sometimes that happens it just mm. they didn't fit sure. together so we ended up splitting them up and then I, you know, I was bored last year um, when we entered the pandemic. So I was like, well, let me press two of these songs to a cassette and do artwork for this and make videos, you know, and mm. it's great when you can milk stuff. Sure. <laughs> like, so, you know? so you're working at the Redwood Bar. I think, just curious, you're working at the Redwood Bar for like five years. Yeah. And I know Hollywood is full of people who've whose careers have kind of gone up and down over the years. So it's, I think you might, it might not be unusual to see somebody working in the service industry that maybe was sort of famous, but did, did you get recognized a lot? I mean, you had videos out, you had toured the world. Were you yeah. getting? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't really feel like it's like, or recognized, right. As they would yeah. say. Yeah. I love that. Never heard that before. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I, I love I love people, you know, so like that's exciting and cool and never embarrassing. I mean, we all have had to fucking no, no. Yeah. work, roll up your sleeve. Everybody should work in the service sure. industry at some point, you know, and um, I, I just loved running into people or being, you know, recognized for being in Savet. It's like, cool, well, now let's play a show together. You know, what the what's your fucking band? There you and, go. Let's do it. I mean, Turbulent Hearts play a lot of shows. We were a really busy band. We played everywhere and anywhere um, for as long as we were together. And we made a shitload of friends. And that was... I thought you were going to say a shit, shitload of money. I was gonna say, yeah, that's, that's good. good. good oh, no. I, I, you know, spent all of my extra money on that band. You know, I've pretty much self-funded, you know, mm-hmm. all of the recordings all of the merch all of the everything and been my own manager since that band got started but i mean that's an investment i've been making you know for a for a long time now and i i'm i'm rich in a a lot of other ways you know i've gotten to do really cool shit in my life oh definitely yeah yeah definitely you know i don't the world before you were you toured toured the world before you were 20 i mean that's pretty pretty amazing right yeah, super cool. I mean, usually you have to join the Navy or something to do that. <laughs> I'm very happy I didn't have to. There do you go. And I got to play dress up while seeing the world. <laughs> so, so what? So did that just that just kind of came to an end, or what? What, what happened with Turbulent Hearts? It just uh, kind of. Yeah. Well, Turbulent Hearts is really the precursor to Susie Moon's solo because those okay. are all my songs. You know, I'm a songwriter first and Mm. it's because um i I had to go through my my box of photos which you know i haven't gotten a disposable camera in a long time but in the 
2000s, early the early chunk of the 2000s and during the Civet days, I always had a dis- disposable camera with me, you know, so I've got a lot of like physical photographs. And there's a picture of me in my bedroom when I'm 15 and behind me, there's this fake flyer that I made. Susie Q, so, debut solo release at live at the Rocks <laughs> Theater in Hollywood. So like, I don't know if I was manifesting like consciously, but there was all this stuff that I really aspired to do at a young age that I'm pretty sure I just willed it to be <laughs> by like always believing that it was totally possible, you know? Um, nothing seemed too far out of reach and I've always... I've I've always wanted to be like front and center, you know, because I mm. I do have my own message, my own style of sure. you know what I do, the way I want to wrap it up and present it to people, the vision, you know, I've I've had that since I was a kid. Uh, I've always loved performing. So with Turbulent Hearts, that was really Susie Moon, but as a band because mm. I didn't to be Susie Moon. You know what I mean? Like. To me, that was like pop star realm or like you got to be like old <laughs> to like do that and like break off. But I needed a band to establish that I could fuck shit up, you mm. know, and um, and and play nice with others, too. And it's <laughs> it's so important to collaborate with people. And I got so much better playing with those guys. But really, in the Turbulent Hearts days, even though I had two dudes who were like my main guys who recorded everything with me um because of their them being quite a bit older than me at at the time and in different stages of life you know they couldn't play every show they sure. didn't go yeah. up with me, you know um i well, they couldn't really tour or anything like that yeah yeah they couldn't they had grown-up jobs and i'm like what the fuck is that why would you want a grown-up job <laughs> um hello rock and roll make believe it's so much fun um, <laughs> oh yeah i'm like broken like living on the edge all the time but like i'm so happy <laughs> um so i counted uh 16 different people who played with me in turbulent hearts in the mm. six years that we were together whether it was for you know two shows where they filled in or someone random who came to england with me or someone i met in europe who just did one rehearsal and play you know like and then finally in 2018, I went to England by myself because neither none of my guys from America could come with me. Um, and I played with a bass player I had only met the year before on tour. And then his friend, so I was trusting him that his friend could play drums for me, you know, mm-hmm. because I wasn't going to turn down another slot at Rebellion Festival or, you know, these fucking shows that I was getting offered in the UK. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I went out there by myself and I'm like on this flight to England by myself and it just kind of hit me like, dude, this is you and it's always going to be you, you know, Uh, nobody is ever going to give as much of a shit as I do. And that's okay because it's, it's literally the thing I have to do. I have to fucking do this. I will die if I don't do it. I'm not me without it, you know, um, it, yeah. It's funny you say that because when I was listening to Turbulent Hearts, the song, the statement song to me was, mm-hmm. I'm not that kind of girl. And that's really, I mean, that's the story, right? That's the story of that song? Yeah, I love that song. I was thinking crazy girl, personally. Well, <laughs> that no, but, one. I mean, I'm not that kind of girl. She's not that's the kind the of girl. That's the obvious choice, Neil. Yeah, that's, that's, that's me. I'm obvious. There you go. Tom. Tom's deep. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, 
yeah i mean it's weird um not that kind of girl could have actually multiple meanings you know um uh, the theme turbulent hearts is a is a band that talks about love you know in like all its various forms which also ties into the name of the band i got that name turbulent hearts from a khalil gabran book called spirits rebellious that i found in a thrift store in northern california when i was on tour with when i was 16 and he's now one of my my favorite authors and i've collected his books you know anytime i i find like an old copy you know of something like the prophet or mm-hmm. um so i remember reading the story about you know this guy who's in love with you know his 15 year old princess um you know slave girlfriend and she's in love with the fucking you know the the guy who works in the field who she's not supposed to even talk to and the you know the old rich guy is like talking to his friend and his friend is like it was Khalil Gibran is like you know we're just like always you know the hearts are turbulent we're like always going to have you know this thing where it's like you just you never really stable and that's life you know like whether it's good or bad like the up and the down of of love and life um that's like a recurring theme for for turbulent hearts so not that kind of girl as much as it's like, oh, I'm not like you're just average chick or whatever. It's also like when it says you, you can't buy me with your love songs. It's like, well, I'm not impressed with your bullshit either. <laughs> you know, you have to do a little bit more than that <laughs> to to get a, a girl like me to to fall for you. But um, well, that's I, it, Neil. I'm convinced now. Crazy girls out. That's the song. <laughs> I love that song. Yeah. I mean, I try to be kind of witty and care- careful sure. with my lyrics. I'm I'm often joking in some corner, kind of like twisted sort of way. I don't know if people really pick up on it, but I make myself laugh all the time when I'm writing lyrics because I want them to kind of sound like one thing, but they really mean something different. Sure. Or, or could have two meanings. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, don't know I get that. Well, the best part is interpretation by other L- people. Listen, I make myself laugh at home all the time, and my kids and my wife just scowl. Well, you look in the mirror, Tom? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you very much. I'll be here all night. I'll be here all night. I can't believe how Thank funny you. I am. My humor is <laughs> wasted on these people. But anyway, okay, so let's let's do that. Let's play let's play that Turbulent Heart song. Let's. So this is not, not that, I'm not that kind of girl. Great. This is from, what's this from, Susie? It's from uh, my compilation, right? the first EP. I think it's from the Panic EP. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's check it out.
Turbulent Hearts, Not That Kind of Girl. And uh, if you can't get the Panic EP, it's also on that CD compilation, mm -hmm. I believe. The, yeah. The thing, yeah. With, the thing with Turbulent Hearts is you got a song, because some of the songs are sort of like traditional pop rock kind of songs. And then they have some that are just like, like the song Panic that are just, that was definitely musically covered a lot of ground. Well, cra um, cra Crazy Girl is just, I mean, that's a straight out punk rock song. I mean, that's a, yep. that's a great yep. ripper. I mean, I just write what comes to me. It's really, I have nothing to do with it. The song either drops in my lap or it doesn't, you know? And I, I really feel like I'm only just really a channel for music. And my, my writing is kind of all across the board. I like a lot of different types of music. I don't try to write a particular way. I just try to write honestly. So whatever I'm feeling that day, you know, if I listen to, if I listen to a lot of Elvis Costello the past two weeks, you might get something that's got like that kind of vibe, or well, hopefully it's early. Hopefully it's early, Elvis Costello. Oh, always. <laughs> and let's and let's hope she doesn't go back to her Spice Girls days too much. Hey, listen, <laughs> it's all good. Listen, listen. Yeah. You want to be my lover? Why not? Why not? Yeah, do there you go. I'm with you on that one. Do a well, cover. Funny, you know, that would be good. So, so I'm older. I grew up in like the hair metal era, and like I was so embarrassed of it when I got to be like 20. I was so embarrassed of it, but now I'm like, yeah, you know, I can still jam to some great, uh, you know, Molly crew or whatever. I can enjoy the old stuff that I grew up on that I sort of turned my back on at a certain point. Okay. So I, I get that. There are great songs in there, you Absolutely. know? Absolutely. And, uh, it, I mean, you're not going to love everybody's entire album, you know, sure. discography. But um, that's the and, great thing about music. There are these nuggets of awesomeness all over the place. And I think yep. it's totally cool to like whatever the fuck you want to like. Seriously, a punk a punk rock version of Wannabe would be pretty damn cool, I think. There you go. Let's do it, Neil. Let's do it. Get All Susie right, but do some guests, you guys are my backup vocals. dancers. There you go. <laughs> Amazing. So, so, Tom, you might need to put on a shirt, though, bro. Yeah, yeah please. Thanks for everybody, I mean, like man. That, for that everybody. Chris, that Chris Farley Saturday Night Live skit where he's <laughs> yeah. like trying to get the Chippendales job against uh, <laughs> Swayze. All right. So, 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 one thing that surprised me when uh, we reached out is that you are currently on the East Coast, the quintessential California girl. Now, you don't have to tell us where you are. We don't have you don't have to give your address for every creep on the planet or anything. But how did you find yourself uh, on the East Coast? Yeah, I'm actually not ashamed to say that I'm in D.C. area. Okay. Right now. Um, my boyfriend's from around here. Okay. And we met at Punk Rock Bowling when our bands played the same stage on the same day, 2019. Um, you know, and to me, he looks like a California boy. You know, he's like tall, blonde, hell of a guitar player. And we just we just hit it off, you know, um, and spent the whole weekend hanging out, watching bands together. And I was like, finally, somebody who's not intimidated by me. <laughs> like, uh, I've had a lot of boyfriends in the past who were just fucking like really tripped out by, um, you know, maybe it's a confidence thing or just the attention that I I'm, I'm not afraid to get, you know, um, but don't also, want to be over. Don't want to be overshined by you. Well, competitiveness is a big one too. You know, like I'm sure. sorry, it's not my fault. I'm touring with your favorite band. You know, <laughs> maybe you need to fucking get your shit together. <laughs> you know, uh, whereas Drew, uh, he he's in a band called The Split Seconds, who are a DC punk band. Um, right. When I went and checked out the other bands that we were, you know, sharing a stage with at Punk Rock Bowling. Uh, his band was the only band that struck me as like a band that I would really, really listen to. You know, they had like the fucking 77, like Buzzcocks, like classic 
songwriting. Mm. You know, that really classic 70s fucking punk songwriting shit going on. And, um, you know, we're thick as thieves. He's my best friend. And now he's playing lead guitar in Suzy Moon. So check that out. I'm with a guy who's so fucking self-aware and self-sure, like, confident in himself that he, like, wants me to be the queen and the fucking front, you know, which is astounding. It's something I haven't come across before. Never. Not unprecedented, though. Isn't, like, uh, so, once again, I hate to throw the rare female singer out there, but, like, Uh, Pat Benatar, isn't, like, her husband, like, her man? Neil Gerardo. So they're after the blueprint, and that's, like, our goal is, like, no. Yeah, they've been doing it for, like, 40, they've been doing it for, like, 40 years, 40-something years. It's amazing, right? They're so fucking cool. And her label was, like, oh, my God, no. And then she got pregnant, and they were, like, oh, my God, really, no. And she's, like, fuck you. I do what I want. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, what an awesome team, you know? um, I think that, you know, since I'm doing something solo and it's not, like, um, you know, I and I have a great band that I'm playing with right now. Like, I'm really grateful for the guys that are, you know, my drummer and my fucking bass player. Um, but again, it's going to be a situation where, like, if somebody's not available, I love you. You're my first choice. But, you know, I'm going to have to fill in somebody else. But it's like having Drew on the team who I already admired as a songwriter, you know, and uh, we share a lot of similar interests um, for for music and stuff. To have somebody to bounce ideas off of and, you know, finish crafting parts of the song, you know, that's just really awesome and not something that I've done before. I've never been in a band with a boyfriend, you know, like, um, but we have we have the same goals and he lets me he lets me run the fucking show and trust me. (laughs) Call the shots. He lets you call the shots. Exactly. You know, and so I just I feel really I feel really lucky to be in this situation and. I've seen touring break up couples that have been together for a long time. And, you know, I'm in my 30s now. In my 20s, I was just kind of like all on my own, turbulent heart, just do whatever I want, blah, blah, blah. You know, but having somebody that you love, like, by your side, you don't want to leave them either. So it's like now we get to go and tour together. How much fun is that going to fucking be? So when you guys met, were you still doing the turbulent hearts or were you doing this whole thing? Well, hold hold, hold on. Well, I was no, I'm I'm sorry. I was going to say, but between that, didn't you have another band? Which I did. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Was it was was is is it La Machina or La Machina? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. I was playing with Turbulent Hearts at Punk Rock Bowling when I met Drew. Um, but then, fuck, I was kind of over Turbulent Hearts too because it was similar to Civet in the way that I was like, well, nobody is as invested in this as I am, and it's just lonely. Before I started hanging out with Drew at Punk Rock Bowling, I spent the whole Saturday or Sunday crying in the hotel room lonely because I had no one to hang out with at this whole entire festival. You know, it's like really hard to like put yourself out there and be whatever adored or like, oh, you know, but not actually having somebody in your life that you can like talk to Mm -hmm. and share you know, your successes and your failures with and stuff. And I was fucking lonely. Um, and I was over Turbulent Hearts because, you know, the guys I played with at Punk Rock Bowling, they weren't real members of the band. You know, it was like, you know, one of them is a dear friend of mine and I've played with him in a lot of stuff, but the bass player, he would had just kind of popped in, you know, and like everyone was off doing their own thing. And I was like, man, this sucks. I'm fucking lonely. (laughs) You know? 
and and it's like so I was over Turbulent Hearts and right when I got home from a a, a UK tour the summer of 2019 I got a, a call from my friend Ricky who asked if I wanted to start doing this band with her and another girl I knew also from the Redwood scene her band her other band would play there a lot and I was like, that is exactly the change I need in my life. I don't want to be the front person. I don't want to mm. be the fucking. I want to work with other people. I want to do things that are scary and new. Sure, I can play bass. I think I can play bass, right? I can play bass, guys. Yeah, you can play bass. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, I was just looking for a challenge. Um, so it was timing wise, like the absolute perfect thing for I mean, me to do. That was a so video. you actually were able to. You were able to step back and sort of let somebody else be in charge. That it probably was a little bit refreshing, huh? Oh, it was awesome. I loved it. Um, <laughs> it was definitely like a collaboration, you know. Um, I but I wasn't calling the shots, so to speak. There you um, go. Was like, no, we're a fucking team. We make decisions together. Um, I wasn't the primary songwriter, so you know that heat was off of me. It was really interesting to learn somebody else's songs you know and i wanted to do this like psych kind of stoner thing that i don't i don't write that stuff naturally you know it's just not the kind of songwriter i am but Mm. learning how to play them and having a blast doing that and um you know putting together i'm more like the visual side of things so like the ep and stuff you know like that was like my concept the cover and like drawing out like the concept and stuff and like getting like the visual side of things, the photo shoots, the video shoots, stuff like that. Um, that's yeah. something that I like, like to do. I'd like to talk about that a bit because I'm like, OK, so uh, Ellie Machina, you you were on Alternative Tentacles, correct? Yeah. How yeah. cool, right? Yeah. I mean, it is. And I, I mean, I was looking at it yesterday and the packaging was so cool. Tom, you have to see it. The the the, the seven inch EP, it comes with like a a set it's like this like four like playing cards like baseball card kind of things but of each member of the band and they signed it and then there was something about it comes with a free t-shirt too so i mean i was so psyched i had to buy it right so we are big impulse we are big impulse record buyers we all and i definitely so so i ordered that yesterday but yeah i mean a lot of work went into the design i mean it looks it looks awesome and the videos you guys did were fantastic thank you yeah we worked with some um uh, an awesome team for the music videos. Um, these guys, Eric and Kevin back in LA who call themselves the Enclave. Um, they did two of our videos. The first video we did, I mean, I just, I had happened to have a bunch of behind the scenes footage of our first video shoot and our first recording session. And I was actually staying in DC for a month, right? When we got the, well, I mean, we, we were supposed to play punk rock bowling main stage, right? Um, but the band broke up, so that didn't happen. And then, well, COVID happened first, and then, you know, all all that shit fucking snowballed. But um, we had, like, a month to get everything kind of in order, get, like, a release going, a video going, website, social media, all that stuff to announce with punk rock bowling when that was going to happen for 2020, which, you know, right. it didn't. Um, so it was just like a mad dash. It's really amazing how much shit you can get done in one month if you if you really <laughs> focus on it. <laughs> if you have a fucking deadline. But yeah, um, for me, like a lot of times, it's this visual that comes first. Like I see, like okay, it's got to be like you know, red and the 
fucking robot faces and we're all wearing these things and then like the inside I want like because I love album artwork other people's artwork you know I'm always looking at the inside of records and Mm -hmm. you know how that art is done and I think it's really it's just such an important extension of the music to have cool packaging you know um I definitely agree yeah I agree with that 100 percent too like you know and that's I mean, it's so important. So um, I was really happy that, you know, the girls like were down with that and went along with the the vision stuff because I think we put together something really nice. It's unfortunate the band crashed and burned, but also I think it was meant to be. So mm. no fucking no fucking harm. No, was it just because <laughs> of COVID or was it something else? Uh, no, it was something else. Okay. Yeah. That's 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 code for that's, stop asking questions. That's for off the air. Yeah. Should, should we try to should we try to jam should we try to jam a song by them in Neil? Do you, you have a favorite you want? I to do. Play? I love that song. Go because the video is fantastic and the song yeah. is, the song is fun too. Is that okay or not? Oh hell yeah. Okay. Do it. All right. So uh, LA Machina with Go.
there, Alien Machina with Go, and uh, go watch the video. <laughs> go on YouTube and watch the video. Actually, watch all the videos because they're because they're fun as hell. It looked like you had a blast making those all kinds of costumes oh, and we shit. Did. Yeah, we had so much fun. That band had so much potential. Um, it's really a shame, but honestly, maybe we just can't have nice things. Like it was the band was too <laughs> too fucking perfect that it wasn't allowed to work. Like the gods of rock and roll were like, no, 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 no. You know, uh, you got to make you got to make a record for alternative tentacles. That's more than most punk rockers can claim, right? Yeah, yeah. What a trip, right? Like, you know, working with. Dwayne and Disaster Records and Hellcat Records and working with an awesome fucking English label and AT and now Pirates Press, which is a label I've wanted. Yeah, to we love we love Pirates Press. Yeah, we we, uh, we, we talked to a lot of people from that label. So did did you actually like did Jello handle anything himself or is he just kind of like sit on the top of the mountain now and pontificate? Like, do you ever have contact with Jello? I I've only met Jello once and he he doesn't have to do that stuff. You know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. He's got people. It, it, it's a yeah. smooth running ship. There but you go. the people we, well, who we worked most closely with is Dominic, who's also in Tsunami Bomb. Oh, Dominic. yeah, yeah. From, uh, what's his, has got a band. Yeah. Tsunami Bomb. That's Dominic. Right. Dominic Dave. The fucking coolest. Yeah. yeah. What a sweetheart. Um, yeah, he, he's absolutely lovely. I mean, everyone there is lovely, you know, and it's just a, it's a legendary label. Um, quick side note story um when i was growing up because my mom grew up in northern california uh outside of san francisco in the you know late 70s early 80s uh i grew up hearing stories about this girl who was her best friend anel and like i loved that name i was like oh it's anel she would always tell stories about getting into trouble with anel anel this anel that you know and then later um she just fucking tells me like two years ago um, when the Ellie Machina coming out on AT thing started to come about. She was like, oh, you know, Anel's band was on Alternative Tentacles. And I'm like, Anel was in a band? And she's like, yeah. So Anel was her best friend. They met in juvie when they were 15. <laughs> in best fucking friends, right? And she was this sassy little Italian chick, Anel Zingarelli. And I guess she fronted a band called Nazi Bitch and the Jews, who oh, Jello loved. Great name for a punk band. <laughs> right? Early, this is like 81, 82. Um, and Jello fucking loved them, right? And he puts them on the very first Not So Quiet on the Western Front compilation. They have a song really? called Dead Porker on there. Uh, <laughs> I have that on CD somewhere yeah. in the basement. You've got it, you know, and like I, all of this was new to me. I'm like, Mom, what the fuck? That's like, amazing. I didn't know Anel was like cool, because what I knew was that well, Anel actually she OD'd on heroin when she was 23. So that one song on the one compilation is the only release of her punk band. But she was she had short, dark, like fucking rock and roll hair. She used to wear collars around her neck, like. I didn't even know that there was like there's almost like this similarity kind of thing, but like it's like I think it's something that's deeply ingrained in us punk rock women, you know, you know? And I feel this like connection to her. And it was just such a strange full circle thing for me to work with AT and actually only have one release with them, which is funny. And uh, Anel to have been on the very first release that AT ever did. That's that's funny. I was totally expecting that to go a different direction. I thought you were gonna say Jello's your dad or like your mom dated Jello or something in the late seventies. <laughs> you know right. what? Who knows? 
Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> so, she wouldn't tell me the truth anyway. So you talk about the visual, you know, and obviously, obviously so you got a new, you're new, you have a new record out, twelve inch a twelve inch uh, EP called yeah. Call Call the Shots, mm-hmm. and the cover obviously is the first. I mean, it's it's striking, right? Is this your? Is this all your? Is this come from your brain, or is this? Because if this would have been the seventies, it'd be like, oh, the label totally made her do this, you know. But I'm no. talking to you. I don't think the label's making you do anything. Nobody ever fucking makes me do anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sure way to get me to not do anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the exact opposite. Um, no, this was all this was all my vision. I really wanted something that um you know, I'm really inspired by pulpy fucking fashion photography. Um the cramps got it right, you yep. know, all the time. But I'm you know, I'm a huge Stiv Baders fan. And mm. to me this was like my Betty Page meets Stiv, you know, kind of like I wanted to do something that was like, like you said, striking and that nobody could walk past and not fucking do a double take, you know, Um, and a celebration of myself because I've worked really hard for a really long time, (laughs) you know, and this is my fucking record. And I knew exactly what I wanted to look like. And I, I wanted it to be a bit provocative, but not fucking cheesy you know and not sexual in a way that would like elicit like really dirty thoughts but maybe make you feel like a little funny you know like (laughs) a little funny we're we're living in a very like pc safe like you know and like what the i'm a fucking woman and i'm so (laughs) proud to be a woman and i'm proud of my body and i I want to show it off. You know, I feel good. It makes me feel good. And nobody gets to tell me, you know, otherwise. So, um, yeah, I've got a great girlfriend back in L.A. who who just does it. She's an incredible photographer. And she's like, you know, one of those people where when you meet them and you just like you fucking get each other. I told her what I wanted. And she was like, I see it, too. Let's fucking do this. And um, we just had a blast shooting the photos you know almost i mean if you open up the ep there's a set of more photos on each side of the the sleeve that holds the actual vinyl so i wanted it to kind of be like one of those um old bondage you know books you know the little magazines like the betty like magazines with all the different pictures that was my that was my original vision and there's my favorite one is the one where i'm licking the floor you know and that's what i originally wanted to be the album cover you know, um, but th- something about this picture, because I'm giving you eye contact, I'm looking right at you like, fuck you. Um, I think that just <laughs> that just, that that was just the stronger photo and one out, you know, in the end. But I'm actually so I'm doing a second EP with Pirates before my next full length comes out. And the um, the second EP is it's going to complement this first EP. They're going to be kind of like a set, like they belong together, you mm. know, but they're gonna, they're different. Yet they they have a similar um, spirit to them, so I'm really excited. I'm shooting that in August, and that's that's the thing that gets me so excited. Um, I'm all about outfits. I'm all about the visual. I want to make something that makes me proud. And when I'm fucking eighty and showing my grandchildren, you know, I was fucking cool <laughs> like once a long time ago. You know, you could be cool too. Just do it. 
uh, yeah, I mean, it's all in good fun, right? Sure. Like, I mean, I, I'm having a blast. No, I, I, actually, I actually really appreciate it because in this, like you were saying, in these times of uh, political correctness and all that kind of crap, you don't see a record cover like this. Not that there's anything wrong with it, of course not, but I'm just saying well, it's, it really stands out because of that. How it many really times have we out. said, Neil, we miss, we miss punk being provocative. Yep. Everybody's afraid to be provocative. 100%. You know what I mean? It's like all the greatest punk records of all time push you out of your comfort zone. That's just how it is. They need to push you out of your comfort zone a little bit. So I, I, I appreciate it too. And I, I tell you what, and I said it when in my review, I said the only thing I don't like about this is that it's there's only three songs. I yeah. know. Yep. But I, it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful package. You know, we always we always rave about Pirates Press. They do such and they always do such a nice uh, job in that stuff. But I guess the good news is with only three songs, we could actually talk about each song before we play it. Yeah, we can. So the so the first and it's funny because like two of the three songs definitely seem like lover scorn songs, right? So who are these songs about? Well, is, it Dave, is it Dave? Is it Dave? Is it Dave The same guy that that, uh, that Canadian woman wrote all those songs about. Weirdo. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I only only people like in their mid forties are going to get that re- that Alanis Morissette reference, but that's yep. alright. I got it. I know. I there get you go. It. I get it. It's so, it's really funny. No, actually, you're you are mistaken because oh, am I? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Special place in hell is a love song. Hmm. Yeah, I wrote it for Drew. Um, after I met him at Punk Rock Bowling, Hell is Los Angeles. Ah. In- and I was trying to convince him to come out to L.A. And I was just being a little sassy, you know, because we had just met. And I don't know if you've been to punk rock bowling, but everybody goes and hangs out at the Circle Bar at the Nugget at 4 a.m. Yeah, give us, give us some hints because we're going for the first time this year. Yeah, we're actually going to be there this year. So. <laughs> for the Circle Bar at the you, Nugget. You need to come play the pool. You need to come play one of the pool parties, Susie. I think that would be a you'd, you would be perfect for the pool parties. Perfect. My- number hasn't changed i'm just waiting for a call <laughs> stern stern brothers listen up sean stern you hear this they know All let's right. not bother them um yeah. whatever um <laughs> there's a story there <laughs> yeah, no, I, just, I, I respect them they're busy they work so hard i can't imagine the stress and the work that goes Especially after the last year right off, last year know? such a cluster yeah i just i will yeah leave them alone um so, uh, yeah, I was hanging out with Drew at the Circle Bar. And, you know, I knew a lot of people at Punk Rock Bowling because a lot of them are from L.A. And that's just because a lot of musicians live in L.A. And so I know them sure. from other things like a real bowling league or like just seeing each other at shows over the last 10 years or whatever, you know. And um, I was trying to convince him so hard that he needed to move to L.A., you know, and like, show him like look at this person this thing and that thing you know and like just come out and then like it's just fun you know it's crazy and um but I was being a little teasing too to him and um so in my own way that first verse is like you know oh when I say everybody's wrong except for you right literally his band split seconds has a song called everybody's wrong so that was my Mm -hmm. way of being like everybody's wrong except for you right you little flirt (laughs) look at you god lord (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah yeah and um and so yeah i mean it's actually a love song and at the end when i say and it's with me you know it's like come out here and experience this this is a crazy this is a crazy place and the second verse is all about just watching your back when you're in a city like la um, ah. there are a lot of emotional vampires you know and people who might you know prey on you because you have something to offer them you know 
Um, so yeah, it's really it's really um, not not a lover scorn song at all. Oh, interesting. Well, yeah. There you go. Let's so, let's right. play. Let's spin that. Let's disc. spin it. Let's spin that tune. Yeah. Talk it in, Tom. Or so Susie. This is, either one. Mm-hmm. So this is yeah, this is the first track off the off the EP, and it was like the lead single. And there's a video for this also, right? Yes. And it's a special place in hell. It's a rocker. It's a revved up rocker.
There you go, kids. That's a special place in hell by uh, Susie Moon. Yeah. Go and buy it immediately. Yes. Funny, funny trivia. Um, actually, in the music video, there's a wolf man, right, playing the solo. Mm. Yeah. If you watch the video, there's like I, I'm like having this dream sequence, and there's a wolf man playing the solo, and that's true. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. I you, see, see, she she picked huh? up on your like Wolfman Jack DJ. So, yeah, there, that was know? that was good. Yeah. It all tied in beautifully. It did. So, so the funny thing is, earlier you kind of mocked your musicianship, but the fact of the matter is, you played guitar and bass on the album, right? You played rhythm guitar and bass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just—I don't put too much effort into it. It's just a song. I don't believe you for a, yeah. I don't believe you for a second. After <laughs> after talking you know? to you for an hour over an hour now, I don't believe you for a second. But that's I... all right. I know you're right. Um, but um, really, when it comes to lead guitar, I'm not that kind of player. It's, sure. it's never been a thing for me that like I, I, I don't want to rip solos. That's I want to be fucking putting everything I've got into singing. And I, I need a little bit more freedom than that. So rhythm guitar is perfect for me because I can write the songs. You know, that's sure. how I write. I just need the chords and make the song. And then I hear other things in my mind like. Um, like I told you guys that there's a, a full length that's going to come out um, very soon. That's actually already all tracked, um, but mm. I have to just wait. We have to be patient and there's a plan and the plan will work, which will just take a minute. But, um, you know, I, I write solos. I just can't, can't, nor do I want to play them, but more so I can't. I can't fucking play what I can write in my head, you know, like. Mm. Like you know, you hum it, you hum it for Drew, and then he makes it sound like it really sounds your head, or is that how it works? It's incredible. It's the fucking coolest thing ever, and um, <laughs> he can play it beautifully, you know. And he'll be like, "You're just singing the same note twice." I'm like, "No, I swear it's different." And he's like, "No, this is what it is." I'm like, okay, <laughs> "Cool." You know, so he's doing his Ace Fraley. He's doing his Ace Fraley single string solo. Uh, Note to self. Note to self. Learn learn lead guitar immediately. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, but that is that is funny. So, so who played the uh, who played the piano on the record? Oh, that was me. <laughs> Did you play? Okay, no, the, that that's a that's a compliment. I love that. It's, oh, it's very. It's only one note. Just played. Ding, 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 pounded ding, though, ding. like the Stooges, right? Once again, a little bit of a. A little bit of a Stooges homage, I think, there, maybe? Good thousand percent. That's my favorite part of Be Your Dog, is that droning piano yeah. part. See, that, see, that one actually reminded me of... That. It actually reminded me more of Raw Power, though. Okay, cool. Another great Stooges song, of course. That's I'm in Michigan. I don't know if I told you that. I'm a big yeah, Stooges fan. All he does is talk up fucking Detroit bands. It's, it's embarrassing, <laughs> it's embarrassing it's not, sometimes. It's not all I do, but I do like... <laughs> hey, when she, said, when she said the van broke down on the way to Detroit, you notice I didn't pick up that thread neil i yeah, let I, it go i just think you forgot i thought i think you were going there i'm gonna be like so i'm from michigan <laughs> but i didn't even make what i wanted to do was make a joke that said well if the van wouldn't have broke down before you got to detroit it could have got stolen yeah it would have got stolen there. in detroit yeah you were, the, the gear would have got stolen or something you know it probably would have been better if the van had just gotten stolen right then we might have <laughs> we might have been a van longer yeah, yeah you, you wouldn't have gone to canada oh. then yeah it would have been right. things work out the way they work out right so you they did so, all right let's so let's yeah. so this so I play the piano because I'm not a piano player and that was the whole point was for it to not be perfect, right? See, there you go. Out of your comfort zone. Perfect. I want it kind of fucked up. So 
so this song is definitely i mean this song it, neil you you know the cp i mean it's it's yes. three songs i literally put it on it's on all three songs are on both sides of the record i just you just push play over and over again right i mean it's one of those things you listen to it uh-huh. five times in a row so this one cool. uh it definitely, like I said, has it reminds me of uh, Raw Power to a certain extent, but it's also this is like your definitive statement, right? Which I mean, song, this is Tom? Your... Which, which song are you talking about? Talking about? It's called I'm... "I'm Not a Man." I'm not a man, right? 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 Yes. Yeah. Is this a song you've been working your whole career towards writing? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Amazing. Are you? Kidding? This was the easiest song to write. I mean, how perfect is that rhyme? You know. Like, literally, I just came up with the one rhyme, and then the rest of it was just fun. I just wrote, you know? Um, I'm trying to make I'm trying to make her the next Bob Dylan here. Yeah, don't give I away the magic, Susie. Talking. What are you doing? I'm trying to make her the next Bob Dylan, and she won't even take Johnny Ramone. Listen, Tom, <laughs> um, here's the problem. The problem is that people expect it to have this fucking deep meaning. And the yeah. whole point is that it doesn't. <laughs> like, no, that, does no, everything have to have such a fucking deep meaning that I'm going to sit here on and, like, you know, no, it's a song. It's a catchy song. Um, it was easy to write because I am not a man and I do not give a damn. It rhymes. It's fun to sing. Um, you know, so you, tell. I, I, you know, I just I, I'm in the business of writing songs and that that one doesn't have more meaning to me than anything, anything else. I want people to take from it what they what they want to, you know, but um. You know, I'm just... I, I think this is the song that you're gonna have to play at every single show ever for the rest of your life. I think this I, song is your I cats love... in the cradle. I think you're never gonna be able to play a show without playing. <laughs> I absolutely love this song. It's a blast to play. And when I when I play it, I feel really, really good, and I feel powerful, and I there feel strong. But it as we can like... tell from the video, as we can tell from the video, yeah, yeah, Mrs. Jim Rat, look at you. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. There's actually the the video was inspired by a girlfriend of mine who did a punk rock workout video, and had Savette's music on it as a soundtrack, mm. and she was actually murdered um, last year by oh, an ex boyfriend who Oof. had stalked her and Yikes. had been abusive to her when they were together. So it's really in memoriam to to her. Um, because it was just really fucking tragic, um, mm. the way she passed away. So I wanted to honor her, um, by doing that. And, you know, that's kind of part of my thing too, is like, like with the cover shoot for call the shots and with this video, like maybe these aren't things that maybe people are really doing in punk rock these days, you know, and I, I'm just not afraid to be myself. And if there's something I want to, to do visually, um, I think I'm punk enough to do it and not give a fuck, you know, like that it's punk enough for somebody yeah. else. That makes any sense. And um, I, I, I know that working out for me has saved my ass in, um, in during the pandemic. Did we lose you? Hello. Oh, hope we didn't lose her. Susie, we lost you. I'm so sorry. I think um, I just accidentally pressed mute. That's <laughs> okay. You know, it's it's live. Sorry, it's I don't Skype good. too often. No, it's okay. No, no it's okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Let's, I'm still let's, here. Let's play the song, and then we'll we'll ask you a couple more questions, and then we'll let you go do whatever you do. 
you've been very generous with your time. We always appreciate that. But I'll tell you what. So let's let's play. I'm I'm not a man. This you guys is are the mid- Thank you. This is the middle track from the Call the Shot CP. I'm not a man by the fabulous Susie Moon. So you were talking earlier, Susie, about about you know you used the Susie Homewrecker name for a few years, and like you're having, are you having a hard time shaking it to some people? Well, it's just funny because people do remember that, which is totally fine. But I never called myself that. Actually, this is um, a name that my sister came up with for me. Ah. And when I joined Civet she was like we need to give you a punk rock name and i'm like okay give me a couple days and i'll think of something right and then the next day she comes back okay you're Susie homewrecker and i'm like no i hate that and she's like no no that that's it and i was like no i don't like that at all please let me pick something else she's like well it's already on the website so um it, and that's what older sisters do right your older siblings just fucking sometimes 
make the uh, make the decision for you. And I couldn't I couldn't get rid of it. Um, people loved it, though. You know, I I don't feel like it's really an accurate um, reflection of who I am, but um, <laughs> it definitely works, you know. And I don't have any problem being referenced as that. I mean, I've been going by Susie Moon, though, since about 2012. So, you know, I think most people know me as that. I was talking to a friend of mine. I said, yeah, we're, we're interviewing a, a woman that I think is really, uh, really an up-and-comer. Uh, her name is Susie Moon. And he's like, is it uh, Keith Moon's daughter? I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure <laughs> Keith Moon was dead for at least 20 years before <laughs> she was born. Quite a while before she was born. But yeah. Anyway. Well, actually, um, my first rock star name that I gave myself was in elementary school. I used to sign all my papers, Susie Star, with two R's. And I, I did tell people that my dad was Ringo Starr, which didn't make any sense. But um, he might um, be. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Well, you know. So I, I think it's fun to build a character, and that's there part of go. being in punk rock or being an artist at all. You know, you get to build your own little universe where the fucking quirky, weird things that you like make total sense. You know, and I think everybody should just embrace that. Well, I think you know, I'm- it's funny because. Neil and I have talked about that because, like, I, you know, I played in band, punk bands when I was a kid and stuff, mm-hmm. and, you know, so I took on the name Tom Trauma. I thought it was the greatest punk name ever. It's got a great sound to it, you know? Yeah. It, and now I'm a 48-year-old suburban man. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> like, my neighbors don't know me as that. That's for oh, sure. Oh, of course. Yeah. They just, yeah. They just glare at me for my lawn looking like crap. But I, I, so, <laughs> so, so, you, so you're playing some, like, I haven't seen tour dates or anything, but I know you're playing one festival, and I'm actually... She's playing with the, the Antagonizers. She's playing She's playing the, the show tour with the yeah. Antagonizers in September. The lineup for this thing is killer, Neil, but it's a camping festival. Yeah. I know. I'm so excited. No, I love are you camping. Are you, that's are you, not see, for me. See, Neil and I are not campers. We're like Ramada campers. Oh, man. I love camping. Oh, my Get God, me a no. tent. Fucking you, that's because you're from the west coast and the weather's always beautiful <laughs> yeah and like camping in the desert and yeah. stuff that's a thing did you just have your camping first on the beach winter? did you just have your first winter at like 30 i mean did you just have your first <laughs> technically yeah actually um i mean it sucks see, right i didn't mind it well D- oh, D- dc is well, pretty decent i think actually i don't think dc gets that much snow yeah they, they get hit pretty hard give it another 10 years <laughs> Um, they, it was built up to be a lot bigger than it actually was. I was like, this is it. I can fucking hang with this. This is fine. Oh, it, yeah, it wasn't too bad. And honestly, seeing springtime, like what a trip. We don't have spring in L.A. We've got summer all the time and then it rains a little bit and then it's summer again, you know, oh. and uh, things will bloom and then they're brown in like a week. So um, <laughs> seeing like a proper spring happen was actually magical. Mm-hmm. Mm. We'll just wait till the fall. Well, yeah, we'll the see, the like fall said, should be nice. We'll see how many. We'll see how many winners are magical. I think yeah. the first couple. I know, right? My, my yeah. After but you have about, to like shovel your car out of a snowbank. No, I'll let somebody else do that. Oh. <laughs> are you listening? Um, <laughs> Mate? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. He, he'll do it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I'll True. help. I'm not afraid of no snow. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Just you Camp wait. Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, Camp Punksylvania is going to be awesome, and that is actually it looks, being... it looks awesome. The lineup is great, actually. The lineup is fucking rad. I love Tiger Sex, Label Mates, Antagonizers, ATL are yep. on there. And we're actually, to answer your question, we're doing two warm-up shows before Camp Punksylvania with Antagonizers. We're playing Philly and Brooklyn with them. So we're making it like a little Chicago. mini tour. You need to play Chicago, I think, is, is what you need Their record is amazing. Their new record. Yeah. I can't I know. Stop. They're so good. And it's been great to just meet them, you know, and like... 
you know, that family thing with a label, like that's yep. why that's another reason why labels are so awesome and important. You know, it just it builds the community and Pirates Press is doing that so fucking right. You know, they, yep. they pick really great bands and everybody's got something to say in their own way, you know, and they, they let us have creative control and they support that and are super fucking encouraging. Like I've wanted to be on Pirates for years and to, to finally be a part of that crew is a dream come true. Like there, I can't think of another label situation that could ever be better for me. You know, hmm. I'm glad to hear that. Like I said, we, mm-hmm. we have, uh, we, we talked to a lot of their bands. I, they are, and if they branched out quite a bit, you know, cause I definitely, when I first started following the label, it was all like what you'd call street punk really. Right. Or like kind of modern sure. oys, oys stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. They've now they're, they're sort of all over the place, but it, it most all of it has an aesthetic. That's, it's pretty cool. I must say. Yeah, so. you like know it's part of the Pirates brand. Yeah, exactly. They pick good shit and they they release like these beautiful. The product is so cool. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a, like the niceness really of yeah quality. having that direct contact with the factory. We actually had uh, we actually had Skipper on talking about making records. That was kind of interesting. Too. Yeah, we did. I know. I want to listen to that. I saw that in your. Uh, your yeah, episodes. he's definitely a he's definitely a pro at going through the record making process and a lot of people like a lot of people listen to us that's what we say come on our show you'll sell a few records because it's all old guys who still buy vinyl so yeah it's like without, yeah. A, without a doubt yeah <laughs> exactly hey richard you're gonna want that new Susie moon record yep anyway. yeah sure and also earlier you guys were talking about the the turbulent hearts um the 3p we were talking about that and if anybody out there wants a physical copy of the cd I have a box of them. So just reach out to me directly, send me a fucking Instagram message and I'll figure out how to get one to you. Sweet. I just want people to have the stuff. There you go. Excellent. Yeah. So I'll tell you what. So, th- so I am curious about that. Camp- so that, that camping thing looks really cool. And I think now, if I'm not mistaken, isn't camp pencil, uh, Pennsylvania, it's women are running that thing, right? It, yeah, it is. It's um, Laura and Terry. They, they have their own company, right? Squad media. And this is the first year of Camp Pennsylvania, so it's a big deal for them to be throwing this. Originally, it was going to be last year, 2020. Yep, um, yep. But because they couldn't do it, I think this extra preparation, you know, has actually been in its own way. The headliners are much the the headliners are much bigger this year than what they were hoping to do last year. Last year was definitely going to be more kind of local regional type bands so it's it's no it looks like it looks like an awesome thing well, well i'll tell you what you put in the good word with them to us maybe we should have them on so they can explain oh, the allure good they would love they, they should explain the allure of camping to us yeah, <laughs> they, yeah i'm not I buying that but you know i'll still go like, it's got a little bit of that like crusty folk punk thing going on yeah right? Ooh, Picture stop now please <laughs> like but well, i a, a real community thing instead of just leaving the show it's like you have an opportunity to really hang out and make yeah. new friends it, and meet it, the other friends like we're camping overnight we're hanging out you know i have friends that go to muddy roots which is down in tennessee and they say if you go once you'll go every year mm. that it's just so it's so amazing and i do i do get the appeal of that plus like this one i think is byob so yeah. you know because we're going to punk rock bowling well we're going to spend 500 bucks a piece on booze you know oh, yeah. Yeah, and at at these kind of things, you just drag a bunch of cases in the back of the right? station wagon or whatever. I mean, I'm a practical man at the end of the day, you know. Yeah, you could do a little bartering, like, oh man, you know, I'll trade you this hot dog for that fucking, you know, exactly, and a PBR. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say, uh, trade you this twelve pack, twelve pack of uh, Natty Light for your new record. Guys, I have to say, you ain't selling me on this at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. All right, listen. 
what, 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 Neil, I, I always, I don't want to cut you off. So if you have any questions, I'm going to let you go ahead and, uh, and I'm, I'm probably going to let Susie go have her dinner. No, I don't, I don't think so. Actually, I think we covered pretty much everything. Uh, Susie, what else? I mean, do you have something else that you would like to share? Cause we, this is the time where we, we turn the microphone over to you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you. Um, well, first of all, you guys are awesome and this has been really fun. So thank you for giving me, you know, you're more than welcome. It was, it was a pleasure talking to you. Honestly. Yep. Yeah. Super cool. Uh, I just I love making friends in punk rock. The community is so awesome, you know, and it's it's world world fucking wide. Um, you say that now, but wait till we're camped next to you and we're up all night. Just <laughs> yes, I'm asking where the to... hotel is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How much is it going to cost me for an Uber ride? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, I'm going back into the studio early August to record the second EP. That's going to probably come out around March 2022. And then there's already a, a full length that's going to follow that up in July. I just landed an awesome booking agent. So we're going to just kind of like keep testing the waters for the rest of this year and not go go too hard and plan more for next year to be, you know, the biggest and the best it can be. But I'm definitely going back to Europe next summer and the UK and just plan on being on the road as much as possible. Part of me being on the east coast now is you know the touring opportunities it's a lot easier to hit these markets you know come out yeah. to chicago hit detroit go to boston do the southeast you know instead of whereas when you're in la it's, it's kind of like a bubble and you got to drive six hours just to get to fucking san francisco you know yeah. um, so for, for me i really wanted to expand my fan base and do the work and get out there and meet people in different cities and spend some time you know, making friends with bands over here and um, just being on the road as much as possible. So there's a lot more music to come, you know, and there'll be another another full length. I'm just never going to stop. So 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 you're so you're so you have new music planned, but you don't have any. So it's going to be next year, you think? Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, mostly because if you think of 2021, we're kind of I mean, at this halfway point, it's almost over. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> wow. As far as like pressing things goes. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to release something in November. You know, um, you'll make all the best of lists if you do. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> whatever. If I make well, it, I'm. <laughs> it's like it's just such a tease those three songs so when you play live now i mean do you do a bunch of covers or do you do um do you play are you playing you're gonna be playing your new stuff I'll a lot of your new the new stuff yeah um i i've never really been super into performing covers um turbulent hearts maybe played like three covers ever mm. um that we would throw in every once in a while but i i prefer to play my original music because i have enough songs you know um so that i've got the three from call the shots and then three more from uh, it'll be called animal the next ep and then um the full length is called dumb and in love and there's 10 songs there so i mean that's already 16 tunes Mm. Um, that I've got ready to go. So once we start playing, you know, you'll I guess you'll be seeing those songs a little bit if people are shooting video or anything from from sure. the shows and get a taste of what's to come. But I, it's cool because doing Susie Moon solo has freed me up. Um, I I could just do whatever I want, you know, and sure. um, I I I have a lot of music in my heart. Um, so it's just it's exciting to just explore this and and own it. I mean it's scary too, you know, because now if somebody doesn't like it, I'm the only one that gets blamed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
and be like, oh, I, I really, I really like the song, Susie, but that lead guitar is really weak. There's something wrong with that lead guitar. <laughs> Not my guitar player. He's no, I just. I, I, you know what? He's, I, only, I, he's, he's the only person you could blame. That's what I, that was the joke. But anyway, that's no, so funny. Was, I yeah. actually, I actually do have a question. So, um, the 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 EP on Pirates Press with only uh-huh. been three songs, how yeah. come you decided to put it on a twelve inch instead of a seven inch? What was the thinking behind that? That was actually Skippy's call. Okay. He just wanted to. Okay. I, yeah, I think with the cover art. I oh think yeah, with the cover art, big, I could right? see that. Yeah, you'd want you'd want more space for the cover art. I had expected it to be, you know, seven inch mm-hmm. style. Um, but yeah, he was like, it costs the fucking same. Let's just yeah, do that's the- what everybody says, right? Yeah, it's oh, crazy. I was like, okay, and it really, what a fucking surreal feeling to hold that in my hand the first time. Um, I lost my shit. It's it's really 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 cool. I like the large format. It's good for the artwork, definitely. Um, I would like to have it full with all different songs on both sides, you know, but maybe someday we'll repress, you know, this second EP in a bundle, like a kind of package where it's like one side call the shots, one side animal, you know, who knows? There are a lot of opportunities and different things we can do. I'm pretty sure that you're actually, as much as I know you're promoting, I'm pretty sure it's currently sold out. It kind of is. Yeah. I think there might be like 10 floating around somewhere um at that's different- good i think i mean i haven't really heard anybody i mean I, I haven't heard anybody but saying nice things of course i mean it's like who's walking around saying bad things but you know i, I think i think everybody's digging it so yeah for the most part i mean my goal was to just sell the 200 blue out you know that was my that was my big goal oh man if we sell 200 we just sell out of the pre-sale that'll make the label really happy and then i'm getting you know, texts from them. There's only 30 left in our warehouse. There's only 10 left in our warehouse. There's only two left in our warehouse. You know, let's fucking repress it. Um, so all of that, you know, just kind of it happened really quickly. It was such a build up, right, to do the art, get the songs in, do the videos, you know, promote, promote, promote. And then we basically sold out of the physical product in like 25 days. Um, <laughs> So it just it's like a roller coaster, right? You just beep 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 beep, and then beep, and it's like now I'm just I need to do the next thing because I I can't slow down, I can't stop, I like have to keep working, I want to keep working. This is my favorite thing in the world to do. Uh, I feel really lucky to get to bring my crazy ideas to life and to get to sing and to share my music with people. Um, I'm like the luckiest girl in the world. So as long as there's a People out there who want to listen to it, I will keep fucking doing it. <laughs> the cool thing about Pirates Press is they'll keep just doing different versions of it. Like the next one will be like white and black with red nosebleed splatter or something, you know? It'll be <laughs> oh, like I- just all kinds of crazy variations. Yep. I already picked, um, you know, um, I've got some plans, I guess. Oh, okay, oh, we, won't, we won't spoil the surprise. Yeah, all right. It, but uh, there's, there's stuff. There's going to be a lot of cool stuff. And, they, you know, they want... They want their artists to to keep putting out new interesting things for the the vinyl lovers out there. That's you what's know? great about them. Yeah, it's one of the things that's great about them. Yeah. Well, I think we should play out with the uh, the last song off the EP, right? Which is nothing to mm-hmm. me. Nothing to me. So, so is this not a lover scorn song either? This is actually a fuck you lover there scorn. You go. Oh, At who's least I got this one. I got one right, Neil. On. One out of three, not bad. If I were playing baseball, I'd be an all star. Yeah. Um. You know, just about some nobody. Oh. <laughs> oh boy, Dave it's Dave Coulier. 
Dave Coulier. Coulier. Yeah. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep keep hitting that joke till it lands. Damn it. Yeah. Hilarious. Who was who was that Carly Simon song about? Uh, the. Uh, oh, uh, wasn't that Warren Beatty? Warren Beatty. Yeah. There you go. Now we're really going I back. I thought in it was time. James Taylor. No, it was Warren Beatty. Supposedly. You're so yeah. vain. Yeah. But so she vain. would never actually tell though. No. Yeah, she kind of like flirted with it, like, oh, well, yeah, maybe this or maybe that. Susie. Susie will never tell either until after we say goodbye, and then she'll tell us the truth about all these songs. <laughs> yeah, stay on the air after we after we say goodbye. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll get the real truth out of you. But no, and so oh yeah, let's close with that. Nothing to yeah. nothing to, nothing um, to me. One of, those, one of those cool songs that literally just wrote itself in ten minutes. There you go, a ripper. I, it's Another fun. Ripper. With... You're making it sound too easy, Susie, to tell you the truth. You're like, yeah, it just know, came right? to me. Okay, it just came to me in two minutes. It's all good. She plucked cool. it from the air. Yeah. <laughs> I really believe that as a songwriter, you just have to be open and willing and available to to take the songs out of the... I mean, it could have been me or somebody else that grabbed it that day, you know, but um, I had my guitar out, so... Oh, you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You've been you've been awesome. You, you've been a fantastic you guest. Too. This is fun. We all got to hang out in person sometime. Love it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and you know what? When that full link's ready, I'm sure we'll have a bunch more stuff to talk about, so... Yep. Sure. Yeah, I would love to talk more about those songs because this uh, the full length has been a long time coming. Like um, one of the songs on the full length is actually seven years old. Wow! One of the first songs I wrote for Turbulent Hearts. It just it didn't it didn't fit in Turbulent Hearts, but now I've got this freedom to to play with different genres and do different things. So it found its way onto a record finally, and I'm really stoked on that. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, let's all right. Let's 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 let her rip, Neil. Okay, so, uh, yeah, thank you, and, uh, yeah, stay free, everybody, and keep a little Mark in your heart. Say your yeah. thing, Mark. I say, mm-hmm. I even say, this is, uh, this is Susie Moon. This is nothing to me. Smell you later. Yep, bye-bye, everybody. Woo. Bye.